Hello everybody and welcome to BitEffect. Today we have the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And by golly, all of it was called for. Because that is a sad, sad girl. Was that the Spin Doctors, Craig? I have got no idea. I don't know. I just couldn't even tell you what that was. That's a song. Anyway, with me, a man who does not know 90s American pop very well, are my good friend Craig. Are my good friend, my good split personality well, friend, Craig. You see, I, I, <laughs> I had it for like, are my good friends, and then half uh -huh, of my brain uh, was like, only one of them today. I got it, I got it. Yeah, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. It's me. <laughs> Craig, today yes. we're going to talk about a game that we have both been looking forward to quite a bit. Yeah. Would you care to announce what that game is? Because nobody knows based on the title of this. Yeah, it is A Plague Tale Requiem, with a colon in there as well. We, If you are interested to what we thought of A Plague Tale... Innocence. Innocence. Um, you can, you can, you can hear us talk about it. And by golly, we had things to say about it. If you're into spoilers and all that, uh, we liked it quite a bit. It was very much a, a B-tier game that kind of showed up a lot of A-tier games. Yeah. As does so, this one. Oh, no, wait. No, no can't say that. No. Oh, we're only two minutes in. Can't say that yet. Um, we do, however, due to Green Room talking, which we will release that to gold subscribers only, uh, know that me and Craig slightly disagree on this game. So, if you were hoping for one where we argue and yell at each other and throw dishes across the room, you won't quite get that, but we will be passive-aggressive and snarky. Um, Craig, if it's not too much trouble for you, would you mind reading the stats? <laughs> well, I'll, ca I'll try. I know you have difficulty reading um, words when they're written down. Uh, so, A Plague Tale Requiem was developed by Asobo Studio, not to be confused with the other people that made that robot game. Uh, or the Double Dragon boss, Abobo. Oh my god. Published by <laughs> Focus Entertainment. Uh, it was released on Switch, PS5, Windows and Xbox Series X on the 18th of October last year, which immediately dates the thing Sorry, I should say 2022. Uh, so, yeah, it's a relatively recent game, so we'll probably have the usual spoiler wall for story. And, yeah, that's about it. Because of the various licensing bits and bobs, it was a day one release on Xbox Game Pass as well, which is pretty nice. That is pretty nice. Almost as nice as, you know, having somebody read the stats like that and interjecting, you know, spoiler wall talk, which is generally the host's job, but you know, that's fine. That's sorry, fine. Sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. Um, no, I didn't no, mean to take your no, job. No, Craig. Craig, you gotta be more passive-aggressive. More, more uh, passive-aggressive. Uh, uh, more passive-aggressive. Yeah. Um, if you can. <laughs> okay, so yes, as Craig mentioned, this is a relatively recent game, and you may be thinking, well, Craig, what's the what's the pairing with Dishonored? What is, what is that possibly about? There's Rats. Only one word. Rats. Um, Sorry, I, I I jumped the gun there and said it before you said it because I didn't know if you would know the the connection. 
Oh, I thought it was we did a game with a good story and a game with a bad story, and it was up to the listener to figure out which was which and if they're right. Um, yes, so uh, as regards to the spoiler wall, during the first half, Craig, you think it's fair to say we'll definitely spoil 90% of the mechanics? Yeah, oh, easily, yeah. Those those wee one-off bits and bobs that happen, but for the most part, we will roundly speak about all the different ways you can do one thing in this game. And then we will talk about the story, but it's not going to be an in-depth story dive. It's going to be more things that we liked about the story or things we disliked, um, possible readings of things that happened. So it won't be in-depth to where if you listen to it, you might as well not play. It won't be that kind of thing. But we will, of course, let you know. So anyway, don't get too attached to a, a catchy. He will betray you. <laughs> I need a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was my favorite husbando. Okay, now, let's get started. First off, like going into this, before you had played it, what were what were you hoping for out of curiosity? Probably, like... A lot of the same from the first game. I was hoping for, you know, like, very powerful, narrative-driven depression that you just wanted to trudge in a good way through to get through the story. An evolution of mechanics was probably the biggest thing I was looking at because the way the last game goes, as you progress, you have more and more ways to manipulate rats and powers and you eventually have, like, rat tornadoes and all this kind of stuff. And I was kind of just hoping for... Honestly, more of the same, but a bit polished. And, you know, like, I, I really, really enjoyed the first game. Uh, and I just wanted more of it for the second one. Yeah, I it, oddly enough, if you take out what you said about the mechanics, mm. I'm pretty close. Like, like, I was kind of hoping they would rein in the uh, ridiculousness, like how it got to the end and you're suddenly playing Rat Beyblade with the Pope. Yeah, yep, yep. Like, like I'm like, okay, guys, like, that was cool, but, you know, calm it down. Um other than that, I was kind of just like, yeah, whatever you guys want to do, um, I'm game for it. Um, so, first off, this game, how does it look to you, Craig? It looks freaking incredible. It looks incredible. So, like, the first game was a pretty beautiful game, but this just took everything to another level. Like, you're sitting here playing what essentially could be argued to be like a BT or Focus Home Interactive level title. And it looks stunning. The character animation, the facial animation, the stages you're in, the buildings, the the general you get a really good sense of the atmosphere. Right the way down to like water and fire effects and the physics. There's just the way the game looks, it looks like you're well, you you're playing a game obviously, but it feels like you're there in that game. It just looks like, well, okay, right, I think it looks brilliant. What about you? <laughs> well, I also agree. Like, um, <laughs> it, I, it was kind of, like, I was expecting this doing, you know, coming from a smaller company, like a Sobo, I think it's like 250 employees or something like that. It's not a small studio, but it's on the smaller side. I didn't expect it to be this gorgeous. Like, just that first scene of when you're in the woods, the definition on the, some of the trees is like, oh, oh. Um, in terms of graphical stuff, like, the light work is phenomenal, right? Like, like I mean, I guess it would have to be since it's, you know, 
pretty core mechanic wise. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. you're right, like like the facial expressions were really good, and they managed to make a kid without making him look like a video game kid. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Hugo never had small alloy or sorry alloy head problems. Ab- absolutely, like the, you, you're very right, and it's something that I thought about the entire time was. Why couldn't Horizon have had a kid that looked like a kid instead of an, <laughs> just a shrunken <laughs> a, a small model? man with progeria? Yeah. Um, it, it does. It looks great. My my genuine, just to bring it up in the early days, my, my only real complaint about anything visual was the lip sync was sometimes a little bit wonky and it threw me a wee bit, but it's like so minor. That, that would be the level of complaint I have would be minor 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 things yeah and i wasn't sure in in like i think we talked about it for a little bit but like some scenes it almost seems like the lip sync was for french french yes yeah Yeah. because you know uh, french is a lot faster than english it seems like and their mouths were moving kind of fast oh so uh speaking of that which did you play did you play uh english or french english i was english because I was in the first game, and I always remember Hugo shouting, Amicia! So I thought, you know, I'll just stick with that. It would be weird to switch to French now. I played it for a little bit in French, right? Because I'm like, okay, I'm curious. Uh, I I think the... I don't know if uh, French people will be angry. I'm sorry if you are. Don't be so damn French. Um, I think the voice actor for Amicia in English is much better. Like, I, I really like the way she speaks compared to the French one. But that may be biased because, you know, I speak English. Yeah. Um, in, I wonder whether... Tra- oh, oh, sorry. No, where you go? No, no, I was going to slightly change the subject. Oh. Oh, you where were you? Oh, yeah, I was. It's called a Segway. Oh, okay. A Segway. Well, the, the, I was going to say, like, the, the voice actors, I don't think anyone's particularly famous. There's a couple of characters that are... I appeared in like Game of Thrones or Peaky Blinders or that kind of you know like a couple of voice actors like that but Amicia is a she's been in Plague Tale and she's going to be in Final Fantasy 16 and I think that might be about it well great spoilers for Final Fantasy 16 <laughs> Amicia oh. is in Final Fantasy 16 <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a great cross I, um, yeah yeah and and like, where do you fall on the Hugo is Baby Mario problem? Like, I it might be due to the animation or the voice work. I don't know. But I never found myself annoyed with Hugo, even though by design, he is the escort quest. Yeah, the entire game is the escort quest. But I think the game, it, the game does it really well where if you're free roaming... You can free roam, and he'll sometimes creepy Watson about the place. But generally speaking, he'll just be mulling about. And it's obviously if you're in stealth, the enemies, even if Hugo is standing in the middle of a, the road, the enemies will not spot him because it's controlled by you being in stealth. But then when you get to the the areas where you have to walk through rats using a torch or that. The game very cleverly sticks you together as one unit. It does the same with other NPCs, with your, you know, your Nightman, Arnold, Arno, 
or whatever his name I, is. I know. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. he puts his hand on your back. Puts, and, yeah. and it just, it's a really, really nice way to do it because it's it slows the pace down a wee bit and it makes you think, right, this is where I need to be careful with my wee homies here as I navigate through the rats. So I, it's the least escort quest stay escort quest ever. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I was going to say that like, it, it is kind of incredible how they managed to make a game that is nothing but an escort quest not feel like an escort quest. Yeah. Like, I never once had the, oh, I gotta get Hugo through this, or I gotta get Arno through this, or mm-hmm. I always forget the pirate lady's name. Um, Kate. Let's go with Kate. That's a good pirate name. <laughs> Kate. Kate yeah. the pirate. Um, yeah, like, like I never felt annoyed because, you know, like a Resident Evil 4, I had to get Ashley through something. Like, I never felt mm-hmm. that. So props to the guys in Asobo. Uh, good yeah. job on that one. Um, in terms of mechanics, and this is where we're going to, like, widen out a little bit. Okay, so if, if you could explain, like, what the baseline, uh, not Requiem, uh, Innocence, like, like, what options you had in that and how they kind of updated it for Requiem, I, I would appreciate it. I can't remember what they had in Innocence. Are you setting me up here? I cannot remember. All I remember is sneaking and having a torch and using your your sling to light fire to flames that are far away to run to. Like, I genuinely remember so little about Innocence. I didn't replay it before I replayed this. Oh, uh, here I thought you, you cared about that. No. And that's passive-aggressive yeah. shot one. That's um, good. That's good. Although, okay. to, be, to be fair, I met my dad today for our breakfast, and he's like, oh, son... He didn't say, oh, son, I'm just um, I'm kind of embellishing the story. So he's, oh, son, I'm playing this excellent game on Xbox just now. I couldn't tell you what it's called, but there's rats everywhere. <laughs> like, is it called a plague tale, dad? And he's like, yeah, it's excellent, isn't it? So it's like, and my dad is not like a gamer gamer. He just picks up games and he'll do whatever for, you know, like a wee while. But he's, he's just got into this wee gaming streak, but he is in love with the game just because uh, of innocence or requiem innocence he's playing innocence just now oh that's great yeah um he doesn't your dad isn't creepy and like has a thing for prepubescent french girls right like no no i don't think okay i don't think so boys no i don't think that was my uncle remember oh that's i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> everybody's got an uncle bobby now <laughs> oh. Okay, so here's where the truth comes out, and I don't remember Plague Tale Innocence other than the story ah. very much either. <laughs> so it, it's safe to say that, like the new things, the stuff that it didn't do is probably at the start. I was like, I said, I was hoping for a wee bit of like a, an upgrade on mechanics or something new, and I think that is what ruined a bit of the mechanics for me. So. Plague Tale Requiem introduces various chemicals and skills and things to explode fire to make the fire, the light range greater and things like that. And there are a lot of different ways you can do this because you've got a sling, you've got a... Your hands. Your hands, you've got a crossbow, and you've got... What else can you do? There's a fourth thing. Yes, there's there's actually more than that. You can have uh, Lucas, Yo, Lucas, kind of yeah, poof a fire out with. And okay, 
All right. Sorry. If there if there aren't any chemists that are out there, um, Plague Tale tries to be semi realistic in terms of its chemistry, right? Yeah. Like you take sulfur and you take gunpowder and you you know you do stuff. So here's what bothers me: in order to douse flames, mm-hmm. Lucas says put saltpeter on it. Saltpeter used to be one of the reactive components in gunpowder. Oh. Unless I'm mistaken. So if anybody out there has a chemistry brain, let me know, would saltpeter actually kill a fire? I don't know. Anyway, so uh, you can get Lucas to uh, poof out a fire with his magic alchemical chemical dust. Yep, yep. Uh, Later on, you have Kate the pirate who Mm -hmm. can... Um, use a prism, basically, to amplify light. Which is bollocks. Which is bollocks. Yep. More or less bollocks than rat bay blades. Like, like... I, that's, that's where it fell down for... I, we should, to take a step back, if you haven't played the first game and haven't played the second game, almost 80% of the, these games are there are swarms of rats that do not like the light. So you have to get from A to B while manipulating light. You can light a torch that only lasts a certain amount of time while you're walking, and then you have to light a bonfire and then push it in a cart to the next area. So that's what we're talking about, is how to get past rats. And some of some of the time some of the time you are swarmed by rats, you will also have enemy combatants. And you can manipulate the light to take care of the enemy combatants, or you can take the direct approach, which uh, my Amicia turned into a terror on the battlefield. Um, <laughs> See, but- I, my, um, my, my tactic was very much, I'm not getting my hands dirty, but I will extinguish that light if the rats just eat the bad guys. So I had uh, most the of the bad guys. The passive-aggressive Exactly. <laughs> it was a very passive-aggressive Amicia. Um, okay, so before we talk combat, I'm combating quotes, of course. Okay, so what about the prism struck you as bollocks? Um, well, like, it's as you say, uh, Lucas is an aspiring alchemist. He's been taught by Amicia's and um, what's-his-face Hugo's mum as their, her wee protege, and he's like, oh, I found this saltpeter, I found this. It sounds very convincing. There are a lot of options. That you know, like Lucas, calm down, mate. We just need like a couple. Of, we need to put out fire here. We don't need to do four hundred different things with it. And it's it sounds very grounded, and very not. I don't want to say realistic because there are swarms of believable. Rats. It's believable, but then you get to Pirate Lady, and she can somehow hold a prism above her head, which reacts to any light source and amplifies it, and it acts kind of like. Like a prism would if you shone a bright light at it. And it would... Yeah, it, it would diffuses explode. the light in a bunch of different directions. Light. Yeah, but the way it works, because you can point a prism at a fire, which is quite a broad... It's not a direct light source. It's That's just a fire. And it just doesn't... Like, it just doesn't work. I am more than happy to accept the fact that an entire castle gets devoured by a, a you know a wave of rats... Which well, then we saw it happen, of course. You know, bumble about the pl- then the, the the prism thing just annoyed me. Like honestly, just it was just like oh fuck off. <laughs> um, 
when I first got to it, because uh, you said well, while we were playing it, I don't like the prism stuff. And when you first get Kate the Pirate, nothing against Kate the Pirate. She's kind of a cool character. Mm-hmm. A, a little, I have a little bit of a character problem with both her and Arno. But um, at first, it's uh, let me hold this prism just right so I can make grass smolder. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, uh-huh. kind of believable if it's kind of like, you know, a, a magnifying glass. Craig, you're crazy. This is fine. <laughs> And then she does the by the power of Gray Skull and holds up the. I'm like, whoa! Wait a minute now. And if and if the the funny thing is, is you can put a wall between you and the bonfire, and it still works. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. this crystal's amazing. So yeah, I, um, I kind of agree with you there that that's one step a little too far mm-hmm. into fantasy, which is weird to say when you know. Rats, tsunamis. Rats. I know this is, and the, like I say these, I say that, and I, like things like oh the lip sync, and oh there's too many options, but you find a couple of things that work for you for your, for your playstyle. Like you can be aggressive, or you can be stealthy, or you can be defensive, or you can use the most of the light. You, you can kill all the enemies, then light all the bonfires, and it makes getting around the rats a lot easier. Or you can, you, you know, there's different ways to approach it. Once you find the tools that work for you and the way you want it to work, the game kind of, it's a bit open and it lets you get from A to B in multiple ways. Like, you can just go through the long grass for most of it and then get through the door at the end. A, a couple of times, to be honest, I got spotted and just ran for the door and you get the oh, cutscene. Yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, that was it. I was like, oh, thank God. Sometimes an enemy spawns right behind you and pulls you away from the door, but sometimes you get through the door. So it's it's flexible. So once you find your tools, you just stick with it. It's, I, I, although there's a lot of overwhelming stuff, it's not like Stellaris. Like, I don't, th- <laughs> you, I don't think you can claim any game to be overwhelming after playing <laughs> Stellaris. Quantum physics isn't too hard after you play yeah, Stellaris. Exactly. Um, okay, well, uh, you, you mentioned the whole play it your way thing, which is a thing that developers are... Con- it is their wet dream, is to yeah. play it your way. Um, this does kind of have an approach in an Elder Scrollsy kind of way, um, where depending on the method you use to get past certain, I guess, uh, set pieces would probably be the best way to put it. It kind of makes a judgment on how you did that. Did you do it stealthily? Did you do it using mostly a chemical items? Or did you dave it up and start yeah. wanging people in the head with rocks? Um, and then that kind of fills an experience bar for one of those three trees. And uh, there are certain breakpoints in each one of those three trees. And you will get abilities based on those three trees. At first, I was like, oh, okay, I'm totally going to go the aggressive path. But even for me, I I found myself using stealth sometimes where I could have gone boss to wall. Just, well, that would be be making it harder on myself than I actually need to. So I I think the game does kind of encourage a fluid approach. Yeah. Not like a, I'm going to do an alchemical playthrough or I'm going to do an aggressive playthrough. Like, did, did you find yourself favoring one or the other or just kind oh. of situational? Um, it, it's reasonably situational. It's stealth 
what is it, stealth, aggression, and opportunity, like using the landscape, yeah. using things. And I thought, I'm going to do stealth, 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 stealth. But there are occasions where you just need to thwack people in the face. And there are occasions where you need to make a run for it and do X, Y, or Z. And it ended up, for my playthrough, all three bars were pretty... Opportunity was slightly more filled up, but the three bars were filling up at an almost equal rate. Just, I don't know whether that's by design. In my head, all I started thinking was, hang on a second, this is just like a... I'm three quarters of the way through the game and my bars are about three quarters full type. It's just a way to give you more powers as you get through the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I I couldn't quite put my finger on why it felt a bit funky, but it just felt a bit extra. It was like fluff that it didn't, because the powers you got, certainly I don't even think I used, some of them where you could throw two rocks before you had to Oh, I used that quite a bit. Oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. I, I didn't throw a lot of rocks. I was, I was very much living in a glass house. At the, uh, oh. the through. I, on the other hand, was standing in the greenhouse hucking <laughs> rocks at another person's greenhouse. Um, uh, my opportunity was probably the lowest by quite a fair okay. margin because, you know, I, I didn't necessarily put out fires. I would huck the stuff at the fire, make it explode, and then the guy would go, ah, ah, mm-hmm. and then die. And Amicia would fist pump and go, yeah. Okay. I think op- um, opportunity for me was the putting fires out, making most of the rats eat people. Oh, yeah. was a really good way. And there was a couple of fist fights that I'd, like, I did get into quite a bit of trouble. And I didn't, I did, I would never do a, a, a you know, dishonored Craig and like get through the area and then reload it, it and try it again and try it again and try. Like it was just, if it happens, it happens and I'll kill everyone. Whatever. Um. Okay, so speaking of combat. So the first one, I, I uh, innocence, I think deserved props. I think we said so for making yep. a sling. Like, like, what video games do you play with a sling? Know, that, that's yeah. just cool. Um, in this, they upped the mechanics of the sling a little bit, as in the sling now, depending on how long you're holding it, makes noise. Uh, how long you hold it is your accuracy. Like, like they upped the mechanics of the sling a little bit. Um, Props to them, again, for using a sling as a weapon and making it as realistically dangerous as a sling actually is, if you're good yeah. with it. Um, they also added a crossbow, and the crossbow is kind of your oh shit button. Yeah. Because you get, like, what, maybe ten bolts throughout the entire game? Oh, yeah, the, the, not not a lot at all. Um I mostly used it for, you know, um, putting fires out from really far away because whatever chemicals you can add to your sling rocks, you can add it to a bolt. So you can have a water bolt or a fire bolt. Oh, I uh, know. They are squarely in the <laughs> stomachs of, of <laughs> gentlemen. Um, so, yeah, the, like Craig said, and this, this is kind of hard to get across, but there is kind of a paralysis of choice problem. That happens if you are keeping your whole inventory in mind. Like there's, it feels like there's six different ways to solve every problem. And I don't know if that's actually would work itself out that way, but that's the way it feels. Now, the question I have for you is why is that a bad thing? I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. No, but we're talking about it in a negative connotation. Okay, right. For me, it's not... The, the range of options isn't a bad thing because, 
you know, your bolts can shoot further than you can throw a rock, so maybe you need to use the bolt to do blah, 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 blah. My problem was, at the end of the day, it gave you all of these tools, yet the actual mechanic of shifting about, scuffling through rats, never really changed from the first game and doesn't really evolve during this game either. You are just using all of these different tools to make sure rats don't get too close to you. And it just felt, it it was amazing in the, it was amazing. I remember going through like that first battlefield with the big rampart machines. That, oh yeah. The, the, going through that, I was like terrified and like, oh my God, and I've got a torch and the torch is going to go out and I need to push this. I remember it being, holy crap. And then it just, it was just the same. The, there's, there's epic moments in this game, but they're more cutscene epic or chase epic if you catch my drift, Dave. Um, no. No? The no. chase. Uh, the chase with the rats from the first major city you I know the employees of Chase Bank are kind of rodent-like, but they're people, Craig. They're not rats. Chase Bank have just came over here, actually. I've started getting adverts. You can, now, you can now get a Chase account. And it they're does... coming for you. Yeah, it does um, cash back on every purchase, and they've got like <laughs> they've got like good interest as well. It's like three percent interest on what you've got in the bank and stuff. It's it's like not a bad bank account by the sounds of things. And there is our sponsorship for today. <laughs> oh yeah, Chase Bank. <laughs> good interest. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so they're like my. It was just, I just felt bummed by the time i got into the nitty gritty of the game i i just felt tired from making rats move about the place and the options became a thing of the past because i was just using fire to you know like wander about i can't i can't put into words what i felt like but the only solution i figured out which i think i shared with you i can't remember as I wish the first third of the game was just like an intro cutscene. <laughs> that's that's basically where I'm at. Yeah, like like we'll talk about it when we get to the story. But I think mm-hmm. this game, like like in the storyline, starts a little too early. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like for me, uh, I, it almost feels like when you have that much choice and they're all like it's it's almost all dressed up and nowhere to go. Yeah. Right. Like, like you have 17 options, and they all lead to one of two paths. Now, that being said, it it just makes it feel unfocused to me. And this will, I'm sure, vary. Like, like your mileage is going to vary whether or not you like this. But for me, it didn't oh, hamper it too much, except for the times where it forced you to do a certain solution. Yeah. Because then you have to almost Mega Man it down to, okay, wait, do you want me to use this tool? No. This tool? No. Oh, this tool. Okay, gotcha. Like, it, it kind of stopped things in their tracks. Like, uh, if you remember, and I'm not going to say anywhere in the game, but, uh, for example, you had to push carts on fire that were also on tracks. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that it was a very specific way you had to do it. It wasn't as open as the rest of the game was. And so... You know, naturally, I was like, well, wait a minute. If I use the rock thing that you slam on the ground, I can get to the end pretty easily. And I did and kind of ran into an invisible wall where it was just like, no, 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 no. You got to do the puzzle. And I'm like, okay, okay, sorry. My bad. 
I had, I so, had some similar moments where I didn't use the one that fizzed up the fire to make it glow bigger a lot. Okay. And any time where the game needed you to use that, I totally forgot it was even a thing. Like it took, I, I was trying this and this and this, and then I was like, "Crap! I'm supposed to use the thing to make the fire get brighter." Like I gen, I had like two or three times where I was stuck until I remembered that was a thing, and that's not a good thing for a game to happen. <laughs> like oh, no, oh. no, no. I I um, it's almost like they gave you uh six different golden guns and six different bullets and went uh try them all. Uh so. Uh, there was also the only other mechanical complaint I can levy at this is there are some puzzles where you can short circuit it and then that screws you. Like, for example, um, there's a cave that you have to get through where you first discover the muck. I'm just going to leave it at that, right? Like the muck on the walls and stuff. And you're like, oh, wait, I see a board there. I can shoot a flaming arrow at it and move. And so you do that, but the game wanted Arno to toss you an item to make it, and you're like, ah, oh, geez, I just used that on the flaming crossbow, now I'm stuck, I gotta, you know, reload. Um, that being said, the checkpointing in this is very generous for a linear game. Like, there's not too many times you're gonna have to do more than maybe two, three minutes over. Hmm. Other than that, like, like mechanical-wise... Um, I like having the different companions in a gameplay sense because it is cool to be able to say, Arno, go over there and hack that dude to pieces. Um, other than that, it didn't really add too much mechanically. No, it it didn't. But I think I think that's the thing. The, the first game did it so well. And if they were going to do more with the mechanics, they were going to have to do... So, you've got rats you need to shine light on and you've got enemies you either need to sneak around or hit in the head. And that's kind of the whole, that's the nuts and bolts of the game. So to majorly change the mechanics, you would have to change the entire game structure. And then it's no longer Plague Tale, it's something else. So I've, I've, um, got, no, I've got no beef for the most part. It just, yeah, uh, even though we have complaints, uh, none of this is enough to sink it even a couple notches, in my yeah. opinion. These are more just like, eh, yeah. be aware of this. Yeah. All right. So, this is where we're going to stop talking about the mechanics and we're going to discuss a little bit of the story. So, if you are interested in this, and I'm going to say right now, you should be interested in this because the story is really good. Um, uh, actually, you know what? Let's do, a, let's do like a false ending here. So, okay. if you are going to play this... Bye! All oh, right. Okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Dick! <laughs> um, if 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 you were going to play this, Craig, what would you have to say to somebody of like like would you recommend this? Oh, I'm, if they were, yeah, like many final thoughts and not speaking about the story. Yes, absolutely, go and get a bash. If any of the mechanics or any spectacle of this sounds good, then know that the story just makes it even even better. So if you're intrigued, go and I would. It's one where I would say play through it to get the story rather than you know like let someone tell you or watch a youtube or anything like it's it's got a really good net gritty experience side of it to it where you want to go through it you need to live it i i 100 agree so the only thing i'm going to add to that is if the words rat tsunami doesn't make you smile 
then I probably wouldn't play it. But if it does, absolutely play it. Uh, Craig was right on 100% of it, except that fact that Craig said it. That was really the only thing <laughs> I have a problem with. All right, so that is your spoiler warning. So in three, two, one. That is. Go. C can we spoil it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Everybody so, dies. No, I'm looking. <laughs> everyone dies. That guy from Fallout 4 shows up with his hat. Guess Keston, Keston Garvey? Weston Pre Garvey? Preston, Preston. Preston Garvey. Yeah. The only cool guy in Fallout 4. And he's all like... He's not cool because he gives you those radiant quest lines where you're just like, Stop talking to me! Preston! I've only walked <laughs> past you! <laughs> uh, no, actually, no. I, I'm sorry. Nick. Nick is also cool oh, Nick. in Fallout 4. Nick is very cool. Okay, anyway, so Nick shows up and he's all like, Them's, there are some rats. Um, anyway, okay, so story-wise. First off, it was really good, right? It was like, really good. It really was, good. It's a really good story. So it, it picks up shortly after the events of the Very shortly game. after. Yeah. Um, you've went across a wee bit of the countryside. You've found a wee bit of safety. You know, you're still trying to find your feet, but you're with your mum and you you have freedom to explore and things. And things go downhill fairly quickly after that. You're exploring a castle and all of a sudden there's lots of creepy looking beekeepers being killed and everything's just gone to shit. And it kind of just, the game just goes like thematically downhill from the, from Yeah, the, cultish uh, beekeepers are the best thing that happens to you in this uh, game. Really no, no, wait, I have a question mm -hmm. about that. So, was that just another random yeah. compound of crazy people? They weren't attached to, the, what it, were they called? Not the the radiant something? No, it, it, they weren't crazy people. It was it was actually an old castle where a, a, a settlement had settled in there, and it was the beekeeper's settlement, and they were being semi-invaded by another settlement of people like you just stumble into a bit of a tiff between two settlements and see like i i got a very cultish feel off of it which i mean maybe they do that on purpose because of oh, maybe, what happens maybe, later yeah. but yeah yes yeah like like the whole oh that's father and and you know the when the kid that you're playing on the stream with is all like oh i have to go they don't want me to play with outsiders kind of thing I got very cultish vibes off. Maybe of it. it was I didn't I didn't get maybe I should have got cultish. I didn't. I just got well. Beekeepers were weird back then. <laughs> they they, they <laughs> the statement of the episode. Beekeepers uh -huh. were weird back then. Okay, so let's talk about um, Amicia, right? I am very impressed with how they wrote Amicia. Um. I hmm what's the best way to put this like okay I might be thinking a little too much about this right but you've seen plenty of time the coming of age story for both women and men right like ah oh, it's a coming of age very rarely do they have the uh, a coming of age story for women where it deals with rage that happens when you're a teenager and I think they did it very well in this. 
where she didn't become, you know, a whirling dervish of anger, but boy, she was so angry and could barely, like, like I remember feeling that way as a teen. And I think they played that off very well in this. Yeah. I mean, she's got a lot to be angry about. And to be honest, like, if you put this game up against something like The Last of Us 2, it knocks the pants of Last of Us 2 in terms of angry protagonist type stuff. Like, it's just leagues ahead of that in storytelling. And I, the way it feels. You said, you said the magic words, buddy. Um, <laughs> while we were playing this, that was constantly going through my head. That. Ellie writing versus Amicia writing. And I think Amicia comes off as a more human, believable, not a rage elemental that Ellie tends to be. Um, she has, character-wise, she has just as much a reason to be furious at everything as Ellie does. But Ellie doesn't feel human. Amicia feels human. And she doesn't even have a working toilet. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Um, this, uh, like, hmm, I want to say she's probably, so far, the favorite protagonist I've had this year. Like, and I, and, and uh, there's, there's the difficult subject, right, Craig? Like, she is obviously a teen girl, and they don't sexualize her at all, but they also don't desexualize her at all. She's not a robot. She feels human. And I'm gonna give a sobo, a bobo, a sobo, whatever, a sobo. Oh, soby drinks? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of soba noodles. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna give them a lot of credit because in this entire game, in like this setting and everything, I was sure rape was gonna come up. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm like, oh, it's gonna happen. And it doesn't. And it's amazing. Yeah. Like, I expected Arno to be a creeper at some point. And he's and not. go for it. Like, no. I, Arno is a fantastically written character. So like, I, I know you said earlier you had a problem with him or a small yeah. grievance. But I thought he was a fantastically written character. Like, all, all of them... The, the characters I like the least are probably Hugo and what's his face, best friend Mick Lucas. Lucas face, yeah. Um, Honestly, I still like both Hugo and Lucas. Oh no, I'm not saying I don't like them. I'm just saying oh, like okay. the new cat Arno and um, Kate the Kate. pirate were really well written into the story and felt meaningful. Like Arno in particular is the knight that in the first half of the game is pursuing you like that bloody guy out of Resident Evil 2, what's his face? Mr. X. Yeah. He's just like, he is He is a power that is, he's got all his nightmates, he's, he chases, he's, you've got a chase scene with him and everything, you have to leg it from him. A terrifying, terrifying man that in the first half feels like an angry knight character. And then something happens and you end up having to help him because he wants out. His, his bosses have turned against him and blah, 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 blah. And they've humanised him really well and they write him... Like, I really liked his wee arc of a story all the way um, through the end. It's, he he gets I his like, redemption. It's just... Ugh. He does and he doesn't. Like, again, 
he feels human in the fact that he doesn't turn out to be a shining knight in the end. Yeah. He turns out to be kind of a bastard who also has a decent side. Yeah. That's really the best you can... And, like, I really like um, how in any given situation, really didn't care about Amicia. Yeah. Hugo was his ticket, and he was protecting Hugo. And that was it. I, I really like that small little detail. Or, or like, uh, him on the boat. Right? Where, you know, you talk to him and you're thinking, okay, well, this is where I'm going to get your backstory and, and all. And he's just like, no, fuck off. Yeah. I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> it's like, all right, I like that. My only problem with Kate the Pirate and Arno was, especially Kate the Pirate, it felt very um, contrived. Like how immediately, oh, she cares as much about Hugo uh-huh. as Amicia does. Like, Arno, I understood because, well, that's his ticket and he does not like rats. So, yeah, he's going to stick to Hugo yeah. like glue. But Kate the Pirate was the... She's going on and you're like, oh, we have to save Hugo. And you're like, lady, you just met this kid like 10 minutes ago? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. So, yeah. that, that's really my only small complaint. Um, Other than that, yeah, like, I 100% agree. I think the characters are phenomenal. The only, the only like sort of plot complaint I have is you knew that island was bad news the moment you stepped foot on it. Oh yeah, it's like Wickerman fucking bingo. Yeah, it really was. It's like all right, there's the old lady with the flowers. All right, this is bad. I know. Just like island wise, just to give a brief overview, you're in safety. You then progress on to a town, which becomes your place where Hugo is going to be saved. It turns out he's not going to be saved. He gets quite angry and all the rats rip apart the entire city. We are talking plague tsunami of rats. One of the best chase scenes on the rooftops that I have ever experienced in my life, being chased by rats that are destroying scenery. Oh, the way they splash oh, against the wall on honestly, a 90 degree turn. Oh, it's never. beautiful. That was the bit where I was like, fuck, oh, this is what I wanted. This is, I wanted new rat awesomeness. I did not expect rat tsunami. And Dave's right. It's very much like water. It's, it could be modeled on water. The way these rats pummel about the place and splash and they tear down buildings and bridges. They consume everything in its path. And it, it was at that point with the chase scene where I, my heart was pounding. I was like, that was amazing. It was like, I wish that's where the game started. Like, I wish yeah. that the, the first third of the game is you getting to safety and then the safety being ripped away from you by the, these events. And I just thought, do you know, this would have been an amazing way to start the game where you're already at the village on the island and then shit hits fan. But no, you've already moved 400,000 rats and snuck through beekeepers and everything a hundred times already. Now, I, I agree with you, but I had, a, I had a thought about that. And I think the main reason is they, they want you to become attached to the mother. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I like that that is also another human thing, the way Amicia and her mother... Like, Amicia is almost more of the mother than the mother. Uh, I really like that dichotomy they set up there. Now, can we talk briefly? No. Because it doesn't have to be. How? Oh. <laughs> yes. 
about um we talked about rat tsunami but what mm. about rat pulses at the end oh honestly the pulse i the- love that so yeah. much yeah I, th- yeah just just yeah it was it was really really cool so this is approaching a central point and you have rats almost like a mario boss you know when bowser jumps and you've got these pulses <laughs> but the pulses are made of rats my golly gosh, there, there's, there's points of safety, but they're pouring through the windows and knock down buildings, and ah, just and, and, de- and like Lucas's voice acting at that point was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like I really like you shouldn't be smiling while you're doing that, but you're smiling because oh he they like every once in a while the game just reminds you oh they're kids yeah, and you're like man that's that's brilliant, um. I don't. Hmm. Okay. So let's let's talk because we're 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 getting up there. Um. So let's talk about the hard hitting bits of the story. Now, first of all, didn't think. The, okay. This game pulls absolutely zero punches with a lot of things. Oh yeah. It does. It doesn't pull punches when it comes to like how horrible living conditions were. It doesn't pull punches when it comes to how terrible disease was. It doesn't pull punches on how cheap life was. Yeah. Back, I was going to say back then, but this isn't real, but in the real world analog yeah. of this. And there's, there's moments where it like doesn't pull punches. So your mom gets killed in a pretty spectacular ritual and Hugo gets angry and rats. But even down to things like you're in the town. I don't know if you remember. You're in the town and the road's blocked. So you have to cut through a butcher's, which involves sliding down a sluice into where the butcher obviously, like, oh, yeah, the, pig the pile. pigs. What? And there's piles of corpse, pig corpses, and you're up to your waist and blood and guts. And, you know, um, I keep on forgetting his name, who you're with, the boy. Lucas. Lucas is just not having a fun time. <laughs> no, <laughs> and Amicia is just this driven force of one step at a time. We've got to get through this. And I was like, I'm like barely looking at the screen like this is a horror film with squinty eyes holding up <laughs> on the on the thumbstick to oh, try and, and get and through. And the sound design is that that sucking sloshing yeah. clip. Um, or that. even like the, the small things, right? Like where it, it's kind of close to that time where you come across that lady that's dying of the plague and you just sit there and you're with her until she dies. And yeah. it's like, this is amazing. Uh, you did mention your mother dying. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to pull that punch. Yeah. Like uh, like in terms of like, oh, she's going to get close to death. But the, no, they they take her out pretty spectacularly. <laughs> yeah. Um. So after the first island where you escape rat tsunami... You land on a second island, which your hope Hugo's been having dreams, and he thinks that this might be something to cure the blood thing, the plague, whatever the darkness within. Um, so you end up at a yeah, second island. I forget what island. they call it. It's it, yeah. maleficence, homunculus, Malignan, something. Mal, yeah, something. malignancy, something. Yeah, something like that. But you end up on an island which is clearly just, as we said before, the Wicker Man. You've got you know a. Lord and a lady who 
the lady's got funky paint. She looks like one of the Olsen sisters, and you're just like, oh, you obviously sell aromatherapy oils on Facebook. <laughs> type and kennels vibe. Kennels. Yeah, she's got that vibe about her, and it's, it turns out it's completely true. They, they know who Hugo is, and they perform rituals to try and do stuff, and they're at a site where the original plague started. And all this bits and bobs, it just unfolds really slowly and nicely in gameplay. But it's obvious from the start. You're like, oh my god, why are you talking to these people? They're clearly insane. Yeah, it's like, no, no, he's here. Don't, don't be friends. Uh, it, it, it's the... Wait, 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 I had it. The... Ma- ma- Malificar... Ma- Macula? Macula. Macula. Okay. Well done. All right. So Maleficent shows up, <laughs> and uh, no, okay. So there is a bit, and this is more for people that have played it, and you, Craig, of course, because you've played it, or unless you just watch the YouTube. <laughs> um, so you're also at a part where the macula was a long time ago, right? Blah 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 story. You end up uncovering a lot of things about the macula that, you know, you as the player didn't know and Amicia as the character didn't know. And it runs this really nice, or at least I think it did, a really nice parallel of the cult is reading into things and they're not really being logical about things. And Amicia is reading into different things and not really being logical about them. And I think the payoff to that is phenomenal. And the payoff to that, Craig, is the hardest sling you've ever done shot. Did you shoot? Or did you not? Oh, I shot him. Absolutely. It was actually, I was already wadding up my sling before the cutscene ended. I want to ask you about that. Uh Uh-huh. So, that should be a hard gameplay moment, right? Like, um, just for your character. It's, it was probably harder for Amicia to kill Hugo um, than it was for me. And I think it's because the way you see things unfurl. Like, on the island was where, this in previous centuries, this story already happened. Amicia, there was an Amicia and a Hugo-esque relationship going on where the then time Amicia failed to protect the Hugo and the Hugo, the the kid with the macula, ended up chained up, unable to go anywhere until all the rage let loose the plague and all that, like, all of that happened. So by the time I got to the end and you could, if you didn't do that, it could happen again. And all of the stuff you've been through, I just felt like, you feel like she would be so tired by that point. She's lost her mum. She doesn't know where Lucas is. Arno's dead. You know, like, everything is... She's just at the end. And she knows... You know that she knows what she has to do. So it was easy from that point of view because I felt like the rest of the game set you up for it. Being... Like, if it was a difficult choice, the game wouldn't have done that good a job of making it feel... Inevitable. Like you had, to, yeah, exactly. There was an inevitability about it, um, so that's that's why I was just like, I, I already see where this is going, and this sucks, but I've got to do it. Well, 
So I was curious. I'm like, okay, does the game just hang here? Do you know what happens if you don't? What? Lucas. Oh. Takes the shot. Okay. If you wait too long. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, is this one of those things where, oh, if you wait long enough, maybe you can save Hugo and get a hat. You know, like that kind of thing. Nope. Nope. Either way, uh, I, uh, the only thing that changes... Oh, sorry. I, just, I, I don't know how you could be a- any optimistic like that no, by no. this point. <laughs> like, there's no... All the optimism is out. Like, that's what I'm saying. It feels like it just has to happen. <laughs> I'm surprised with the string of luck these kids have had. The rock didn't ricochet off the tree and kill Amicia. <laughs> Um, so, so if you don't, and Lucas takes the shot uh, in the ending cutscene, um, you when there's a reference, there's no reference to Lucas. It's like I still can't forgive him for it, okay. and that's all you have. Instead of the oh, you know, he's down at the town taking his alchemical tests and all yeah, that jazz. Yeah. Uh, speaking of um, the ending, yes, this <laughs> I know there's that hook at the end. The, the the baby hook, mm-hmm. but I just took that as a and this will continue to happen clearly in modern day. I did not take that as look keep on the lookout for Plague Tale three kind no. of thing. No, I, I I think it was just a depressing, yeah. The, yeah, because this game is very depressing. <laughs> it's like a cyclical thing. This isn't. It's not. It's not. Here comes Plague Tale three. It was just a a. It's a thing. They didn't actually stop anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, from that perspective, how do you feel about the way this wrapped up the story? I thought it was great. Like, I, I including that bit, I, I thought it was a great way to go. Well, great being relative given the <laughs> trauma. Um, it just did it really well. So you, well, we discussed the end end bit with the the pirate lady and the. Yeah, 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 I think that's on the table. Okay, fair enough. So it ends, you kill Hugo, and then it does a, like, you know, three months later, you go and visit his grave, and then you set off. That's that's yeah. where it got me, by oh, the way. Okay. As in... Uh, it, it, as in, yeah, it choked oh. me up. Like, it was the grave. It was great. Mm-hmm. I, 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 honestly, see, it was, it was such a powerful way to end it. And then obviously Amicia goes off to do her travels and whatever, and she's got Pirate Kate there, who's still obviously involved despite having only known them for two hours or something. <laughs> um, it just—it was really nice. It didn't leave a cliffhanger that there was going to be a sequel. It—it—it it, it wasn't a happy ending by any means, but it was a really strong ending that showed that Amicia had grown and that blah blah blah. It just it. it I thought it was really good. Like this, the story that this tells, uh, I, I said it before, it shits all over The Last of Us and it just made me think, wow, what, what, just a wow, that was epic. Could you give me an Owen Wilson wow? Wow. Ooh, that's not bad. That's not terrible. That's, <laughs> wow. that's pretty good. Wow. Um, oh, wow. Um, yes, I, 100% agree. I like that it wasn't a happy ending. It wasn't even a sad ending. It was a very realistic survivor's yeah. ending. Yeah. Like, that lady is never going to be fixed. She's broken now for the rest of her life. 
Um, I, again, also like that they take a moment to show that she's trying to move on. Not just sitting in the house somewhere crying, as anybody really should. Um, I... I, you know how, how when, you know, you recency bias, you know, like, like keeping recency bias in mind, uh, we are recording this shortly after Dishonored, which means, you know, we very quickly played these games. Um, this might be one of my favorite video game stories and protagonists. Like, I love Amicia. I think she's a great character. Um, and you're right. Uh, Luke... I wish you were here so we could yell at you, or at least call you a name, but shit's all over Last of Us 2. Like, like, a hundred percent. Shit's all over a lot of narrative games. And I, here's the thing. Like, I know why I feel like it shit's all over Last of Us 2. I don't know why this resonates so hard. Because, truth be told, I have never lost any siblings to rats. Uh, no family members either. I'm not from a fake medieval Europe. Like, like, there's no reason this should resonate so hard other than very good storytelling. Yeah, there's... And th you're right. Oh, Sorry. No, it was just like, you're right. That's all. Sorry. Um, how dare you? Um, and, and something we both said to each other was, like, sometimes the gameplay felt like it was impeding your progress on figuring out the story. And that, like, like, there's not been very many games where you're like, come on, enough with the gameplay. Get me to the story. Um, and, and this is a wonderful example of, I guess, video games as a storytelling medium. Because I, I think this could work as a movie or a TV show. But I don't think it would have the same impact because you're not the one pulling the L2 and then hitting R2. Yeah, that's that. It's... it's I, I thought about this and thought because you get like in my case very good telltale style narrative driven story or something that's controlled more like a heavy rain where you are more it, it's not like this is action to it it's got stealth and action to a very narrative heavy story but it works so well because that final shot that where you thwack Hugo in the face with a rock, it's just led up to that moment, and you've got to do it, and it it was just really powerful to me, like it was just amazing. I I thought about it for days afterwards, man. Like yeah. like this, it, it's just one of those games that had an impact on. And and speaking of heavy rain, boy, David Cage wishes he could come up with a story this <laughs> yeah, good. Absolutely. <laughs> And in comparison to Dishonored, like, I don't want to dishonor that game. This game tells a far better story than Dishonored. But I will still give Dishonored its props because where Dishonored lacks in narrative-driven story, you can still sneak about and thwip about the place. Oh, it makes up for it in mechanical. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Mechanical complexity, and 100%. It's, it's really, it is, it's a funny thing because we found this common thread of rats and then found two games, one with a poor story and strong mechanics and one with, with not poor, <laughs> sorry, that's too far. But it, very, very different games that, I, like, oh, fuck. It just, what, what a couple of games. What a couple of games. I agree. A hundred percent. So, like, that was kind of our final thought yeah. season-ness of it. So, Craig, we have 
Well, we have some games to play next month. We do. Next and you know what that means. I need to get my Deerstalker on. And my I will get on my mustache. Uh-huh. And um Okay, you 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 pulled it out of us. We are now making <laughs> a game called Watson and Hastings. Um, Craig will be Hastings, I will be Watson, and there we go. No, uh, so, since it is, uh, May, we have, of course, Murder Mystery May, and that means we need to play the Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1, and what, I always mangle the, the title, is it the early cases of Young Poirot? The first, the first, Poirot's first cases. I've got it wrong. Hang on. I'll look at my game library. Um, Young Poirot's Hercule, early cases. Hercule Poirot, the first cases. There we go. Hopefully, it will not be as disappointing as the last Poirot game we've played, but we can only hope as we haven't played it yet. Craig, I think you've played them because you're a savant, but keep your damn mouth shut. <laughs> um. So yes, if you feel like solving a mystery... And you can join us by playing either one of those. Um, just, oh, wait, you've played them, so you can't, you can't answer this question, Craig. Um, I, I think Sherlock Chapter 1 will probably be the better of the two, but we shall see. I am excited to find out. Uh, so, if you have anything to say about the Plague Tale Requiem, Dishonored, the early cases of young Sherlock Chapter 1, <laughs> you can do so at thebiteffect.com. Uh, if you would also like to suggest a game, then you feel perfectly fine, unless it's something we've already covered, and then we probably won't do that. Um, so other than that, all I have to say is thank you very much for listening, and we shall catch you next time, mon ami. Yeah. Au revoir. You're supposed to say something Sherlocky. Oh. Poirot. Oh, I thought you were doing French, because this was in France. Oh my gosh, we're going from <laughs> French... To French-speaking Belgian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Um, this is like, uh, there's a game show where you have, um, on the radio here, it's been running for something like 20 years, and every single day, someone has to suggest a song that is connected to a song that was on the day before in the same segment, and it's been going, so it could be like, you know, the bass player from this song played on the bass for this song. Okay. Or really tenuous connections. And it's been going for that. I like that. We could, we could do rats to French to French-speaking Belgians. We'll find, we will find the threads. We've already picked the games, but we'll find the threads. Oh yeah, yeah. If not, we'll just make things up. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, all right. Well, uh, say good night to the fine people, and we will catch you next time. Bonne nuit, fine people. Mercy buckets. 